for Naughty by Nature. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to It Came From New Jersey. We talk about music from New Jersey, album by album. Um, I'm Pete, and I'm here with my other host, Bob. What's going on, Bob? Not much, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. Um, I was before, just... Yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, before we started recording, you told me you're bad at vacationing uh, without getting too personal, but what ha- you did you do too much or did you do too little? So I did um, enough. I don't know. I mean, I took four <laughs> days. Uh-huh. I went to a place that had no Wi-Fi. Oh, boy. Um, which, That's you know. You, yeah, I mean, but, you know, you still have your phone. You can still get That's connected true. if you need yeah. to. I feel like it's really hard to go completely off the grid at this point. Um, but, you know, took my work email off, all that good stuff. Went hiking every day. Um, went to a lot of new towns that I had never visited, um, and it felt good. And now I am back, and I have a few, basically a few days away from my day job where I'm just right. home. But I find that being home, it's harder to relax because there's just always shit to do. Whether it's like, you know, stuff that I'm doing on the side, you know, the podcast, you know, the uh, the lawn, whatever yeah, things the you got to do. Whatever, yeah, yeah, the domestic no. stuff, you know, so. I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, how do I, uh, how do I truly unplug? And I think you brought up potentially going on a cruise at some point and I'm, uh, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it. I think that, uh, I think that's our move. That's the, uh, it came from New Jersey official We're we're going to go on a cruise and, um, we'll let all the listeners know and we'll, uh, we'll plan a group rate. How about that? <laughs> right. Exactly. We'll interview people on our cruise about their favorite New Jersey albums. Well, see, now here you go. You're putting work on your plate for the cruise already. Oh, true. Yeah. See, Shit. that's what I do. That's why it we're doesn't just going to lounge. We're going to lounge and <laughs> we'll talk about stuff and rap and we'll get ideas for recording when we're done. That's why you're good at vacationing. So how do you, how do you manage it? Because I think you're actually pretty good at it. I am pretty good at it. Um, <laughs> what do I do? Um, you know, I am, I do like to be active. I like to go do things. I'd like to have kind of a bunch of stuff I want to do. I try to play, I think loose itinerary is the move where you have some things that are like, hey, this is a definite. I definitely want to do this. And then other stuff that is kind of fall into place Yeah, where it's like, hey, I have time to do this. I have not. And as part of it, you just make sure you're you're getting in time where you're just chilling. Um, recently, the last few vacations I've done have been more towards the Southwest which is another, this might be another cheat code for, for how to relax on vacation is that going to the Southwest in the summer and even the early fall, it gets so hot during the middle of the day. You have no option, but to siesta. You have to, you know? So, excuse me. So when I did a family trip, we went to Zion, Grand Canyon, Sedona, Arches, um, when we went to Arches, especially, but really all, f- all of the parks, we would get up early, 
go hike about, see what everything was going on, enjoy ourselves. Honestly, seven to ten, maybe to eleven o'clock. But by eleven o'clock, it's it's like cooking. You know, it's like oh, it's over a hundred now, and you can feel it getting hotter. And I'm turning into a piece of burnt toast. So that would that was the cue to go back to the hotel, chill, catch some pool time, just relax for a while, go get a chill lunch, and then kind of gear up towards doing something again in the evening. So that middle of the day kind of like opening really, really put vacationing into a good spot. So uh, loose plans with definite goals. Yeah. I think is the way to make it. And, and, you know, I I have to admit too, you know, like you get uh, the second day of my recent trip, I got a, I actually went with a couple friends and my, my wife and child were at home and, uh, the second day that I was gone, I got an email from the school being like, Hey, so your son brought a toy into school and we'd like to ask that. And I'm like, I'm gone for two days. And all of a sudden I'm getting emails from the school. What's going on? So, uh, it's inescapable at this point. It's inescapable, but you do what you can and you make the best of it. Um, now did you have to learn, is that an acquired skill for you or, you know, are you naturally good at kind of relaxing? I'm pretty, I'm pretty naturally good at relaxing. (laughs) I don't want to say that too loud as I record this podcast and my wife is (laughs) knee deep in work. But yo, um, Speaking knee deep in music and a record that I don't think's necessarily relaxing, but that certainly is a record you can chill to. Yeah. Today's topic is we're talking about Naughty by Nature, um, nineteen naughty three. Yo, uh, first, I think they really did a great job milking the nineteen naughty. Agreed. Like gimmick, fantastic. Like yeah. love it. Like. There might be someone out there who's making a grimace at it, like, Mur. but yo, it's cool. Like, good job. Your band's name is Naughty by Nature. You work that into so much of the imagery, and then you have multiple records and or references, lyrical references to it, like back in 1991, you know, like, oh yep. my God, fantastic. And so, apparently uh, this was supposed to be called 1992, but there was, mm-hmm. you know, it, they took a longer time recording it. There were some production issues um, and it got pushed back. So, you know, easy change. Exactly. Easy pivot. Yo, like if it had been another year, 1994, like it's, yeah. it all works, you no know? No problem. Yeah. Uh, and I think it kind of plays into the fact that they had a big decade um, of the 90s and... Uh, Pretty big. <sighs> yeah. Who knows from there? But but like, uh, let, let's start it the way we always do. Um, had, what was your experience of this record before listening for this episode? So I didn't have too much experience with them. They were like, you know, growing up in the 90s, um, I definitely, I saw everyone wearing the shirt. Um, I had, you know, friends and I think family members. Like I remember my cousin being really into them, Um, but I never had any of the albums. I definitely knew the hits. I knew OPP, you know. um, Hip Hop Array. Hip Hop Array, obviously. Um, Although some of the singles on this record, I was not familiar with. I really just know the bigger songs, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always, you know, I like those tracks. I just, I never got the records. So this was a new one for me pretty much. Yeah. Uh, largely the same new, knew the hits very well. Like, you know, I may have owned 
you know, if there was a hip hop hooray single, maybe I owned it. Yeah. But, uh, that's entirely but, possible. Yeah. But, um, didn't <clears throat> have the album and vaguely in my head, it was like, Oh, I think I like naughty by nature, but I don't even remember what the flow was like. I don't remember what I would compare it to, you know, like to me <clears throat> for my, my hip hop and rap, like listening, I liked some of the big death row stuff. I liked Snoop. I liked Dre. I liked Tupac. I liked that one notorious B.I.G. record, like really liked it. But Mm -hmm. then it was Wu-Tang. Like I really liked Wu-Tang. I was the same. Right. My my whole hip hop, hip hop interest really revolved around Wu-Tang and then maybe like Nas and Jay-Z. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and even for me, like, so there's kind of this weird line for me personally where I'm like pre Wu-Tang material, post Wu-Tang material. And, and it kind of coincides with that whole, like with some of the way that hip hop is looked at, like the pre, you know, quote unquote gangster rap and post that and like how, how the sound evolved. And when I was thinking about this record and, and before I, I really dug into, it, I'm like, I wonder where this falls because we did the Redman episode and I was kind of surprised with sonically the range on it and that it did take a lot from some of the West coast stuff that was going on. Yeah. Um, more so, you know, the BIG record is very New York and there's little flourishes there that have, you know, like a sprinkling of that, but Redman had way more West coast mixed in with this kind of unique feel and this record, I was actually, I was curious. I was curious where it fell. And it, it kind of surprised me where it fell anyways. Um, yeah. But, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, 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 nothing. I was just agreeing. Yeah. I, um, I think before we start, we should note the song, the second song on this record is Hip Hop Hooray. Yep. Is there is there a chance anyone listening to this episode doesn't know that song? I don't think so, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's like an undeniably like huge song. Yeah. It's one of those songs that I feel like, uh, you know, at this point people know the song, they might not even know it's naughty by nature and they might not even know who naughty by nature is, you know? Yo, good. Okay. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're totally right. You're totally right. You're totally right. Um, so I had this question, and I, I think I posed it to you, but I want to pose it to you again and pose it to the audience before we dive into what I found. Is the song Hip Hop Array. And like, yo, this is a song, you. it is probably playing at a wedding. It's, be, it's probably playing at a wedding right now. Like it's playing right now. <laughs> yeah, and 100%. a bunch of people are like dancing around to it either poorly or very poorly. And, um, you know, it's definitely being played right now as we speak. People are dancing to it. Yeah. Is this a top 20 song of the 90s? I think it's either top 20 or top 10. I mean, it's one of those songs that, again, it's like unavoidable. Um, And it's kind of just transcended time. I feel like it's going to be a wedding song for, you know, a long time. Wedding song, party song. Like, it's, it's like, yo, you could put it on in a backyard barbecue with five friends sitting around and undoubtedly three or four of them are going to start bouncing their heads. Like, yeah. Yeah. You put it on in a room full of literal children who've never heard it before and they start bouncing around, you know? Yeah. Apparently, 
Pete, because I assumed the same as you. I was like top 20, almost definitely top 10, man, this is so recognizable and popular. Like this has got to be there. No, not according at all. to Rolling Stones, top 50 songs of the nineties, not included. Interesting. <laughs> not included in the top 50. And I'm like, okay, you know, like it's Rolling Stone, you know, uh, a little more rock based kind of thing, you know? Okay. But pitchfork again, more on the rock side, not in the top 200 songs. That doesn't and even make sense to me. I, I know. And I, I was very confused and I was like, all right, well I got to, I'm going to scroll through this whole thing and make sure I'm not missing it. Um, so in this, let's see here. Hold on a second. Let's see if we can find it here. All right. NME has it in the top 20 essential tracks of hip hop, which seems like clearly, clearly, but like, like when I tell you some of these songs, it's like, all right, here, here's the, the, the songs that we should kind of, all right, let me pull, pull it up here. All right. Is it? Okay. All right. 20 essential tracks and it's not in order, but this is 20. Nas, the world is yours. Fair. Big song. Yep. Do I? Th- do you think more people know the world is yours than hip hop hooray? No. Me neither. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe Warren G. Regulate. Great song. Very, very popular at the time. But I don't feel like it's played as often nowadays. I, no, I, feel, no. I feel like I still hear hip hop hooray. I don't hear Regulate. No. Regulate's a, a funny throwback. Wu-Tang Cream. Great sure. song, definitely yeah. not close to as unilaterally popular as Hip Hop Rai. Yeah, I agree. Uh, ODB, ODB, Shimmy Shimmy, yeah, nope. Salt and Pepper, Let's Talk About Sex, great song, not not as big as uh, Hip Hop Rai. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre and Snoop, nothing but a G thing, nope. Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life, <sighs> arguably... I mean, it's a big song. Jay-Z stayed more relevant than I've been nature, and we can talk about that more, but uh, BC Boys Sabotage. I think Hip Hop Rate is on the sabotage or above level. Yeah, I think so too. Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice, Public Enemy, 9-11 is a joke. Yeah. Uh, House of Pain, Jump Around, Ice Cube, It Was a Good Day, Tupac, California Love. Like, The, the Rain, like, these are big, big songs, but Hip Hop Hooray should be right at the top of the list. And why has it, does it not get the credit it deserves? This is like not even being mentioned on the Rolling Stone or Pitchfork list kind of threw me off. Yeah, that's wild. I feel like we've stumbled on a conspiracy of sorts where like Naughty by Nature is being erased from history for some reason. <laughs> it really, no, I mean, I'm joking, but it really doesn't make sense to me. No, I, it doesn't I, make sense to me either. Like, yeah. like, uh, you know, here's the deal. OPP, one, undeniably catchy. Two, uh, a funny song, a fun song. Mm-hmm. Three, may, maybe like not, not in the moment or energy of the last, say, 10 years. Sure. Um, maybe moving away from that. But Hip Hop Hooray, like... It's so accessible. It's so accessible. 
And if yeah. you listen to the lyrics, there's a little bit, there's a little bit more edgy stuff in there, but it's not nothing, nothing that's putting anyone off to it. So, anyways, uh, pouring one out for hip hop hooray, not being included on lists that it absolutely should be included on. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk a little bit more about the album at large. Uh, did you have any expectations going in? I kind of, you know, my other than knowing hip hop hooray, largely was kind of like unaware and was was going into it with the curiosity of what will the overall sound be like? Yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, I, I wasn't sure just because I only knew the hits. Um, I feel like there's, it seems to me like, and especially, you know, with this podcast, the more I read about, you know, hip hop and what was happening at the time, it seems like there was a real pull between like, like how street are you going to be versus how accessible are you going to be? Yep. Right. Like it seemed like that was a lot of things that these get like, you know, naughty by nature, red man, all these guys were actually probably thinking about as they were putting their records together. Like, what am I, what's <laughs> oh, the real yeah. vibe that I'm going for here? Yeah. So I didn't really know like what to expect. I didn't know if, you know, the hits were these hyper accessible kind of party songs. And then the rest of it was kind of like harder and more street. Um, but it really didn't turn out that way. Um, I felt like the whole album was, you, you kind of just nod your head through the whole album. The beats are like really easygoing, but like really catchy. Mm, there's yes. actually like, there's hooks. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's, I, I, I do not want to call it pop, but there's like, there's elements here that are a lot catchier, I think, than hip hop tends to be. Oh yeah. You know? So that to me was, was surprising. I didn't really see that coming. Although I guess with, you know, a group that made like OPP and hip hop array, then it's not all that surprising really. Right. So it wasn't exactly what I expected, but um, I, I actually, I liked it a lot more than I think I expected to like it, to be honest. I think, I mean, yo, I want to say this record will be a go back to it record. This is, this is a great record. Um, I strongly agree. There's this weird mix between like, how you know how you know, you said street i mean how grimy is the record going to be how street level is it going to be how rugged will it be or how accessible and pop ready will it be yeah and i actually think that <clears throat> these dudes did both and it's really grimy it's got a lot of very like rugged and rough depiction of what seems very autobiographical. Like it's there's, this is them telling stories and kind of like speaking about their world, the the world around them, uh, a place that certainly at the time. And, and, you know, it's not as if Newark is a very kind of rough area. Um, and they speak to that, but, but it doesn't feel very sensationalized. If I'm being honest, no, there isn't an overemphasis on, violence or some of the more violent elements. Uh, there's not, you know, too much glorification of things that, that other records got, you know, got derided for, which like, yo, it's, it's music. Stop. That's not, you know, it's (laughs) to me, largely when I hear that said about hip hop or really music in general, yeah, that it like glorifies something. It's the same argument as the, uh, video games cause, uh, gun violence shit, which is like, 
complete insanity to me. So uh, if you if you think that, um, I, I don't know. Uh, let me know and I'll send you some literature to, to think about, <laughs> um, <laughs> to yeah, read up you. on. But no, uh, this record has a lot of that, but exactly what you said. Lots of hooks. The vocal flow and timing is awesome. And, um, and the beats, you said, you, you know, they're, they're really catchy and kind of uh, chill. They're very simple. And especially the first half of this record, it has a repetition that is kind of very interesting. But, uh, but at the same time, it's almost hypnotic. You know, I, I, I think that it's, it's like underrated how, <clears throat> how a simple beat that, that works really well with these dudes. I think it's Vin and Tretch, mostly Tretch, rapping on top of it can be, especially because those dudes both have a lot going on vocally. Yeah. So I think that was a really conscious decision, and, and I think it makes the record work really well. No, for um, sure. I think everyone, everyone in the group, all three of the, those guys are like hyper competent in what they're doing. Yo, yo, here's, here's my question for you. Um, and the first part is the larger question that we ask sometimes, but not always. And I almost feel like we should ask it always one. And I'll, it's a two parter. So let me do the second part too. One, would this record work if it was released today? Two, does the vocal, like this Tretch specifically, but all of them, does their flow supersede the time period? Which is to say, when I hear it, especially Tretch on Hip Hop Array, a few of the other tracks, I think, um, what other track was it that really, really stood out to me with his flow was um, maybe on Daddy Was a Street Corner, but, but his flow and the way he kind of puts different emphasis as he's going through mm-hmm. and when it speeds up the bounce like i was like oh this could be kanye west when kanye west like like i'm thinking of some of his earlier records where he's really just kind of bouncing and still has this funny emphasis that is pure personality like yeah. you can catch it but if you if anyone else is doing it it's not going to feel exactly that same way and i, I was catching that with Tretch. i was like impressed with it so first question is could this record work in 2020 to do these dudes as rappers? Is it of the time or is it kind of timeless? So I think, could it work today? I don't think so. I think that the flow and, you know, um, the flow could, you know, I think that if the beats were replaced and were kind of updated, um, they could be, it could work for today. Um, you know, the MCs could work. The beats wouldn't, I think, as much. Um, that being said, I mean, the beats are great. I just do feel like they're very much, they kind of exist in a time and place. Um, I think if you were yeah, to do something right like that, that, I think if you were to do something like that now, it would it would be seen as kind of like a throwback, you know, because um, it just doesn't really sound all that similar to what's going on now. Um, to what do my, you think? To my yeah, knowledge. Yeah, same here. I think it's few and far between that you hear a hip hop record that <clears throat> has more of a focus on a, like a, a single beat, you know, like yeah. there's a lot more transitions, a lot more tempo changes to the beat. <clears throat> Whereas on this record, you're right. I think you're getting the flows 
are creating that kind of friction right. when it's happening. They're doing that more than they are just the music. And that's not to say for better or worse. That's just a difference in a stylistic change. So um, that's a really good point. I do think that might be very of the time. I mean, and then when it comes to, you know, the MCs and kind of the the technicality, the vibe, the the competency of what they're doing. I mean, I get the Kanye thing is I, I hear that from a like personality perspective. I think as an MC, Tretch and Vin both like, you know, destroy Kanye West. Um, really? Uh, he, oh, you know? well, well, and it's funny when you, you OK, when you say that, how so? Because I agree, but. Um, I mean, I think Kanye really shines when it comes to the, the actual production and the beats that he's making. That's I true. Think that, I think that if he weren't so capable in that department, like he doesn't have all that much going for him. So I am not a, a big Kanye fan, but what I'll say is that where I think Tretch or Vin, but but specifically Tretch, I, I think Tretch, Vin, Vin is great, but Tretch, he'll get, he'll start his flow will start moving and hitting on syllables and, and moving fast. And he's able to pull it back with the personality flares, which is where I would say other than his beats and like the production stuff that Kanye brings in and, and creativity, like I'll be very fair yeah. there because you know, dude's clearly very, and at his points have been top level creative. Um, but but it's when he's able to allow his personality to flare through and show it, but he never, his flow never gets on this kind of like rat tat that you catch on this. Yeah. That's like, like along with the beat being kind of this, this like kind of flow bounce vibe that rat tat just starts going and you're just, you're all in on it. Like that's one part that I think, <clears throat> at least for me as a listener, good hip-hop, good rap, when it's really good, it locks me in musically a lot more than than most rock music, most guitar-based music, because you're kind of like, you've got a rhythm going, and then there's a vocal track that if it's hitting a different stride, it's it's got something going too. So yep. um, it's pretty magical. And I, I think this record captures that on a few tracks. And, yeah. uh, no, it's totally hypnotic. Like I, there, there are tracks on this record that I was just like, I'm just like you're explaining. I'm like totally locked in. And then it's like three tracks later and I'm like, Oh wow. That was like, that was a good run of songs, you know? Yes. Now, now can we like, that's the, but, we'll say that's the nature. Let's go to the naughty. Um, yeah. this record's an hour long. Yeah. And I think the second, there's a chunk of the second, later middle of the record where I could just act stuff. Um, Not that I think it's bad, but that it doesn't hit the same character. It doesn't hit the same kind of hypnotic spell that you're under for certain runs of this record. Yeah, surprise, surprise, everybody. Pete thinks the record is too long. <laughs> yo, um, yo, we're gonna have we're gonna do this on our we're doing an upcoming mailbag episode, uh, which is gonna be the question I'm gonna post to you to open is uh Dear Pete, why are <laughs> is every record too long for both of us? Because every record is too long to me. And I yeah. mean, obviously our, our our musical backgrounds of of stuff we've been into informs that a bit, but like I'm like, yo, this is really good. And I bet if I just sliced 
those songs that I think are eh and made them their own record, I'd be like, oh, this is okay. Like this is this is not great, but it's okay. Yeah. But when you put it in here, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm this is a 36 minutes in, and I've got 20 minutes left. Yep. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. I don't like it. I mean, 40 minutes. You know, call it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Save, 40- save those songs for the next record. Yeah, yeah, rework. Um. So for me, this record, I actually think the opener is perfect. Like, yeah, it's great. I think it's it's great. Um, and it's sort of it's sort of funny because in true you know music form up till I don't know 2010, the big single is the second song on the record. Yeah, but quite often, and if that's something people aren't familiar with, if you look at some of your favorite records, um, be it a big record by a giant band or be it a one hit wonder quite often the big song is track two track two track four sometimes rarely will it be past track five uh but really you're looking at track two maybe track three probably track four if it's not track two um yeah just the way that album flow was looked at for a very long time actually uh, yeah. for pop music and and others um, because a lot of other music styles kind of took form that said often the first track could be seen as like you want it to be good but you just want it to not be bad so it has to lead into the hit single and here I think that the the, the opening track which is the album title track 1993 is awesome yeah. And I think it serves as like this cool intro to the band and band intro to the group. Um, if you weren't familiar, because this is their second studio album, I think. Second. Yeah. As naughty by nature. And then they had, um, there was a first album in 89, I think. Okay. Or, sorry. Um, Maybe yeah, before that. Okay. That was, um, what were they called? They were called, uh, the new style. Oh, that's right. The new style. So that's like, if you look at Naughty by Nature discographies, they usually include that, but they were, they had a different name at that point. True. So, so I think the first song is awesome. I think obviously Hip Hop Array is the song everyone knows. I tried very hard to listen to it with, with the idea of like, let me pretend I've never heard this song 1 million times before. (laughs) <laughs> it still works it's still great like it's, it's still great yeah it's I mean, like I, undeniable right i listened to this album maybe three or four times and i every time it like that's the kind of track that for a lot of i think similar records i would probably just skip because i know it but right. every time i was like no great song keeping it on <laughs> agree went back, went back and watched the music video i did all of it <laughs> yo okay so uh, the for I'm assuming everybody knows this stuff, but we shouldn't because there's people who get introduced to stuff all kinds of weird ways. So the backstory on Naughty by Nature is that Queen Latifah discovered them. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a, she does a cameo in this video, as do a bunch of other people. Do you know who directed this music video? Um, it was directed by Spike Lee. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So shout out Spike Lee. I um, did not know that. Thanks for the I... emails, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that until I did research for this. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. He did a ton of music videos back then. No, so. he was super involved in, in this world, you know? And, yeah. uh, and I mean, this makes sense. Um, and I think we're kind of, we're cruising towards doing the track for track, but I don't want to do that yet. 
I wanted to you, say one more thing please. on the, um, you know, competency of the MCs like at the time. Yeah. So, like I was looking at the one thing, one of the things I like to do at this point um, when we're talking about records is look at, you know, records in that genre that came out that year. Yeah. So this was a big year. Um, a little record called Enter the Wu-Tang. Um, yep. 36 Chambers came out. Yep. So, yeah, in terms of competency, Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders, um, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. I mean, I think there were a lot of people like really pushing the envelope in terms of, you know, their skills. Um, so I think it was right there. I mean, I think it's... <sighs> just as good as, you know, anything else comparable to what was going on. I think Wu-Tang kind of changed the game for that year because that has a really unique sound compared to everything else to me. Yeah. Uh, But that being said, you know, if we're just talking like MC capabilities, like this is right up there with what was happening at the time, which was like a really high level, you know, I think a, a level that I don't, I don't know had been reached, you know, within this genre at that point. No, I, I don't think so either. I think, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, th- this is this is a flourishing point. Everybody knows this. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't, go go buy the Juice soundtrack, which <laughs> we, we talked about on the Red Man episode yeah. a little bit. But but we got feedback. People are like, yo, the Juice soundtrack changed my life. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who discovered a lot of music because of that. Uh, not surprisingly naughty by nature i think yeah they're the opening track on it yeah so so shout out um and, and really hear what some of this is that's a great starting point for for hip-hop um in general of this time frame but there's there's so many styles going on and different you know it's you can't like Dr. Dre doesn't sound like Snoop Dogg, even though they're collaborators and they work so well and they have varying styles. Um, neither, neither of those guys sound like Tretch or Vin. Uh, neither of those guys sound like Tupac. Neither of those they don't sound like Wu Tang. Like, and in the Wu Tang, you have so many different voices doing different things, but it's almost like a chorus of instruments. You know, like that's something that I think people often lose is that. The, the the vocal capabilities of an MC, that is their instrument and what they're able to do with it. Like what I, I really love with Tretch is that he's able to do these fast, almost tumbling flows where it's word into word into word into word into word into word with clear intonation, clear speech. You can understand it. And at the same time, he, he like pulls the brakes on it and speeds it up and slows down the tempo while also showing a lot of personality. It's, it's super impressive. And I, I mean, uh, yes, I, I agree. This record shows a super level of competency right in the mix with all these other artists who, and I think this leads into what, what I wanted to talk about before we track to track this thing, who are remembered far greater than Naughty by Nature. Yeah. What happened? Where, where why aren't they talked about why aren't they and like yo <clears throat> it's safe to say that i'm not super into the hip i'm not in the hip-hop culture you know but even on a mainstream level you still see a lot of these artists cited and talked about and discussed and i just don't see that with naughty by nature at all yeah no it's a good question i mean and again the caveat like i'm 
I could be missing something. So if I am, obviously, if we're missing fill, something, fill me point in. us in the right way. Yeah, please. Yeah, exactly. So like, what? I mean, one of the things I was thinking about is like, I mean, a it seems like the records they put out after this just didn't hit as hard. Um, so it, the record after this, poverty, poverty paradise, I think. Yeah. Um, was very big, but it's their last big record. Right. And then they do not, not in 1999, I believe. Yep. Nature's Fury. Yeah. Um, yes. And that drops off completely. Yeah. You know? And I mean, at um, that point, I know there was like, there were internal struggles within the group, um, arguments about money, this and that. So like they, I think they lost a member and then they, basically broke up and I don't, yeah, it it seems like it got messy after that, but it got messy. But, uh, one of the things I was thinking about is like, all right, so Jay-Z has remained in the spotlight in any number of ways, you know, even though he put out a lot of records over the course of, I think the like early two thousands, mid two thousands that were not super hot, but he was always kind of, you know, no, he, for whatever. He, he was, he was, he was still hitting singles. You know what I mean? He was That's still, true. stuff was still coming out for him. I mean, when his blueprint come out? Um, like blueprint, I think st- it was 2001. Right. So think about this. I think naughty by nature's last super relevant release is 96. Uh, blueprints, 2001, uh, black album was 2003, you know, like, he, uh, yeah, I mean, think about this. Hard Knock Life is 98. So we're talking about Jay-Z, Life and Times is 99. Like, his peak was well after that, after sure. by Nature. And I think it keeps going for another probably 10 years, 97 to 2008, 2009. He kind of just is right there. But so he stays relevant. There's others who stay relevant, but like... Yo, on a on a Snoop Dogg becomes a a pop culture figure, right? Right. And, well, that's and that's my point. Like, I I think even you know you look at the Wu Tang guys, like they were yeah. doing solo albums. You know, I think more people were paying attention to like what Ghostface was doing as a solo artist in two thousand one than they were like the Wu Tang Iron Flag record. You know, one hundred percent. You're so, like, totally right. But like, and I think it was the same with RZA and all those guys, like they all got involved in different things, whether it be like solo careers or like working on movie soundtracks or something, you know, like Jim Jarmusch movies, but like, um, they remained relevant in these different ways. I don't, and again, this is the part where I could just be missing something. I don't know that the naughty by nature guys were doing similar things. No, so Tretch did a little bit of acting, and I think he was in Oz and did a few other things, but not. <laughs> he didn't capture a second wind. He never got a second life. Let's say yeah. that. You know yeah. what I mean. And some of these artists had a second life as as artists. Some of these them had a second life doing something else as entertainers. But Naughty by Nature <clears throat> mostly feels like a relic of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like even when I think about it vaguely, I'm like, oh, '90s hip hop, '90s rap, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's super unfortunate because I think this record, it's named 1993. It's associated with an act who's very uh, trapped in amber. You know, it's it's a very like, oh, this is from the early '90s. Here you go. And to me, I, I actually think this record plays well. I, it doesn't. You're right about the beats. 
it, it doesn't have a similar feel to a lot of what's happened, at least in the more mainstream rap and hip hop of the last decade. But it still has a really fun energy. It's got a, like if you were to compare this to 36 Chambers, I actually think the production on 36 Chambers might hold back some younger hip hop listeners. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of rough. That's a rough record. It's super rough. Yeah, it's harsh. I mean, I love it. I love it. But just on a listenability, this is a much cleaner, bigger production record. So, um, more, so that, more, that, more mass that, appeal for this than Wu Tang, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's it's sort of crazy to think about this as just a relic, and it, it feels like we're we're blowing dust off the cover when it it to me like this should probably be a record that's talked about as a like, hey, this is an important record, like this is a big deal, like yeah, uh, of the records we've talked about on this podcast, which is quite a few at this point. I think this might be the second, maybe third most popular, like by by album sales, only behind Born in the USA. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was looking at it. This is a platinum record. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of wild to think about that. We've talked about a bunch of records, some that really resonate with people, some that are more from the underground side of things, and some are both, but... Uh, but this record feels kind of slept on. So uh, stop sleeping on Jersey. Yeah, true. I mean, one of the things, it's funny you bring up Born in the USA. One of the things, one of the notes I made to myself is that this record feels like it was designed for like maximum audience participation, like oh. with all the callbacks and all the all the hooks. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like Bruce Springsteen was kind of doing the same thing. So like, you know, when we talk about accessibility and hip hop, like, this is a much more accessible record, which maybe that's why it doesn't stand the test of time like that, or it just isn't as relevant anymore because I don't feel like hip hop now is really designed for audience participation. You know, it's interesting. It's a different vibe at this point. Well, so, so it can be, and it can't be right. Like Mo Bamba, that song is designed for audience participation in like the most high energy, like bounce around kind of way. Right. Sure. Like, and, and uh, you know, I'm sure there's other stuff that's, that is aimed at some audience participation, but I'm not with just the, the, just the, the clear call and response stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's some very clear stuff. I also think it's, it's like, neither of us wants to be fucking Grandpa Joe on the porch here. So, so please take this as, as plain as I say it. And part of the reason we're doing a podcast like this, that has a very eclectic sense is that music quite often, just in general, whether it's mainstream, whether it's a specific niche, whether it's subculture, whether it's whatever you want, quite often is seen as linear. And it's what is happening right now and what is happening next. You know, you're only, and it's easy to not look back and find stuff. Um, And, you know, from talking to friends, talking to people, it's almost hard to stop and look backwards if you're just trying to stay with what's going on right now and you're really you know and i get that energy especially if it's music that's happening now you get to hear it you can go see it you can be involved it's what it's what's going on right now but it can be really really rewarding to realize that that uh music moves in every direction and that means you can listen to different genres that means you can move parallel different worlds and it also means you can go backwards and discover lots of new stuff. You know, 
for me, I think I personally like that Redman record a little more than this record, mm-hmm. but they're both great. And they're both records that were here in our literal backyard that I think we both copped to like, yeah, like clearly I knew who Redman was. Clearly I know Naughty by Nature, but we just kind of like overlooked these. And yep. um, so that, hey, maybe this is an encouragement for people to uh, keep your ears open to stuff that you, for whatever reasons, just kind of passed over. So Yeah, for sure. All right. So you want to do the track by track? Track by track. You you kick us off. So we talked about 1993. Um, I think we both agreed. Super strong opener. Great track. I feel like it gives like a good lay of the land for what's to come. Total um, keeper. Mate. Hard to say it's my favorite song on the record because of Hip Hop Array, but I think it's my favorite song on the record. All right. Cool. Hip Hop Array. Not your favorite song on the record. <laughs> it's like it's like my favorite song on the record. Uh, asterisk. But it's so popular. It's like, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's clearly a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. We talked enough about that one. Clearly a keeper. Great track. Still stands the test of time. Um, Ready for Dem. Uh, Good. I think I'm keeping it. I actually think I'm keeping the first, let's see, six tracks solid. Okay. Um, How do you feel about Ready for Dem? This one doesn't hit me super hard. I like I like uh, representing Jersey. Lord have mercy. I love that yes. line. Um, you know, that was the thing that was tough. Is that almost on every song, and I will be axing some of these songs, but almost on every song, there's a line or two that are like keeper. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, no, but for ready sure. for them is the, the weakest of the first half of this record. Yeah, I don't love like the reggae tinge uh, yeah. beat. So like, yeah, I might if we're if we're doing a keeper cut, I might cut this one. Okay. Um, take it to your face. Um, for me, solid track. It didn't really hit yeah, hard for me. You know it's what? Like, it's like I, a I good head nodding beat. It's, it's <sighs> but it's like uh, I don't know. I didn't take much away from it. All right. You know what? I'm gonna cut ready for them, and I'm gonna keep take it to your face. But it's close. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep take it to your face because okay. I like that beat more. I like the beat on take it to your face quite a bit. Okay. Um, Daddy was a street corner. This is one of my favorite tracks on the record. Um, there's no real hook to it. I feel like a lot of the songs on this have like actual hooks. This one didn't as much. Um, it feels like one of the more serious songs on the record. I think, yeah. like you said, like really autobiographical. Um, I I think it's great. Yeah, excellent total, song. Total keeper. Excellent song. <clears throat> is this the one where he talks about North Nork? Later. Um, they they pronounce so in New Jersey as many of you know uh, the city where the New Jersey Devils currently play uh, the it's not the capital but it's the uh, the brick brick city is Newark not Newark or Newark um, which maybe is how you say the the same name city in Delaware but it's Newark. And uh, they very clearly say it like that. It sounds more like N O R K than N E W A R K. So uh, I, I really appreciate when they do that. Yeah. Uh, Hood comes first. Um, good song, solid song. Nothing. I didn't. Again, it's this one's kind of like take it to your face. Although I like it more than that song. Um, yeah, this song's this song's on my almost cut, but like still has me in there. I'm keeping it. But the next song, the only ones I'm clipping. 
clipping. Yeah, I would clip that too, actually. Uh, more like an attempt at a, a very catchy chorus, you know, yeah. and like, I get it. I can see why it would get in someone's head, but I, I just, nothing pulled me in on this song, really. Yeah, same. Uh, it's on. Once again, it's on. This is the other a big single on this record. I really like it. I'm keeping this one. So I really like this song too, but I have to say that, you know, reading that this is the second single, I, I didn't even, I, you'd never heard it. It felt like I had never heard this song before. Okay. yet. So I, I remember it. Familiar. I remembered it, but it wasn't until it started. And I was like, Oh, once again, it's on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I have to say to the, the intro to the song where they're basically like going through the creation of the beat, you know, like talking to one another. I feel like, yo, you know, when you got those horns. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's fuck. It's cool. I mean, I like that. Um, because I feel like those, I, we talked about in the red man episode, but sometimes those skits, like, I feel like they're drawn out. They're unnecessary. This one, like it, it felt right on. It was it, cool. It, it clips quick. And it just is like right there. It was like, perfect. I yeah. loved it. Loved the way it flowed right into the track. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, cruddy click. I really like the beat on this. This song to me has like a little bit of a different feel to the rest of the record. I really like it. I'm keeping it. You're keeping it. I am cutting it. I agree with that. It has a different feel. I wish I liked it more because it feels like it's got an edge to it. Yeah. This is like a real chip on the shoulder song. Typically I'm all in on those kind of songs, but for whatever reason, this one didn't do it for me. Okay. Uh, Knock them out the box. This is another one. I mean, I feel like a lot of these songs, I just love the beat. Like the beat is really the, the, the strongest, the beats are the strongest member, you know? Um, I mean, yo, they, it's the backbone. I mean, like we don't need to say this, but it's the backbone of the music. And it really like, they start doing, I like the simplicity and you know, we talked about it being hypnotic. It's hypnotic throughout. Yeah. But the simplicity, as they get further in, you can see they're playing around with more stuff. So that's the argument for the second half of this record. I'm keeping this song because I think it's the song strongest of this group. Yeah, I'm keeping it too. Hot Potato. This is potentially tied for one of my favorite songs on the record. Whoa! Um, yeah, I really like it. Um, I think Freddie Fox, I think, is the guest on it. He's awesome. Yep. Good beat. Um, you know, interesting, fun lyrics. Um, I'm in like it. Okay. I like the flow on here. The beat doesn't catch me as much. And here's where the length of the record is catching up. Sure. And I think that I, I, I'm going to cut it. It doesn't hit me nearly as hard as the next track sleeping on Jersey. Um, or it's on, which is kind of, I put them in the same boat, but it does feel different. Um, it just doesn't hit me the same way. Interesting. Uh, I know it, it, this is one of our bigger disagreements. Okay. Yeah, see, for me, sleeping on Jersey, cutting it. You're cutting it. No, <laughs> I hate oh. to do that strictly because Jersey's the, name, the title. Right? Yeah, but like, but I, you know, it just didn't hit me. No, I, I, I think sleeping on Jersey was the song. Like, uh, so in that group of ba- that group of songs where it's after it's on, cruddy click, knock them out of the box, hot potato. I like knock him out the box the most. It brought me in a little bit, but I was largely kind of like, okay, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And sleeping on Jersey brings me back in. Like that's sure. the song that really pulled me. I like that song a lot. I think that might be the North Nork 
um, reference I really fuck with. So uh, shout out to Sleeping on Jersey. It's it's a keeper for me. All right. Um, written on your kitten. Um, I'm kind of impartial. Another one where I really like the the beat. I like the flow, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't find myself going back to it. I might cut it, but I'm not All sure. Right, let me make an argument for it. Uh, right. Written on your kitten. It's a reference to a lyric they use on one of the earlier songs. Yep. Uh, to a little bit grimy reference, yep. you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> par, par for the course sometimes. Yep. Um, this sort of in the same way as cruddy click is going for something different. This is going for something different. And I was kind of curious. It, it's not a slow jam, but it's the tempo is a little bit different than the rest of the record. And, uh, I'm keeping it, but it was almost cut. Yeah. Uh, and the closer, which is sleepwalking Two, and then the shout out track. So sleepwalking Two is cool, but it doesn't really hit me, um, all that much. I might just cut this whole thing. I mean, the shout out, the shout out track, like, it's you like know, five I, minutes of shouting out friends and family, which is yeah, kind of funny, but it's fun. It's cool. I mean, I know that like, you know, a lot of hip hop albums do this. This is like, you know, something that's done, I think pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know for me, like I'm all about just making a tight record. So I don't know. Yeah. We're cutting this song. Cutting we're, we're cutting yeah. sleepwalking two is fine. Um, I mean, we, we didn't really talk too much about some of the lyrical content. Some of the lyrical content here is in the kind of not dismissive of women, but certainly some discussing women as objectifying, I think is a good way to put it. Sure. Um, Which feels very, very of the time. I think you catch some of that on Sleepwalking 2, as well as lots of other places on this record. Um, That doesn't take me out of a record. you know, on a record like this, I guess I should say, I don't want to dismiss that. I, I largely think it's a bad look. And uh, I don't like to say, well, it was just a different time then, you know. Mm. And I, I hope people who are listening get that kind of energy. We're not here for the, the bullshit, really. But uh, Sleepwalking 2, that more particularly hit me. I'm like, all right, guys, <laughs> I've had enough of this kind of shit. Let's let's cut it. Um, yeah. I'm going to cut I'm going to cut the whole thing just because it's it's like it's a solid like seven and a half minutes of a 57 minute record. So we cut this, we're down to 50 minutes and we cut three ish, four other songs. We're all of a sudden below our 40 minute mark and feeling good. There we go. Yeah. So cool. Um, overall, overall great record. Overall great record. Totally. Um, again, a little shorter, but Hey, that's every record to us. It's every record to us. <laughs> um, so, Pete, where can people email us when they want to say crazy things uh, about what we just said? They can email us at it came from njpod at gmail.com. And if they want to interact with us on social media, they can find us where? At it came from njpod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, crap yeah please follow us there um thank you again for all the feedback we're going to do another episode soon where we address some of said feedback and uh get to it uh any hints are we going surprise for the next episode um let's go surprise people like surprises love surprises good night everybody good night